0: Amen, let's all stand, clap our hands, and thank God for His Word. Praise God. Thank you, Sanctuary Choir. Amen. It's one of the most exciting Sundays of the year to be able to give the global missions. It's a part of our purpose, isn't it? To take the gospel to the whole world. Amen. Go you therefore and teach all nations. God allows the church, local church, to have global revival. We're so honored to have with us our district superintendent, a man Bishop Jim Stark. He is such a kind man. He and his wonderful family are are blessed of the Lord, revival minded people, leading our district to new dimensions. And uh, I appreciate you being so kind to of my wife and I for 15 years, you have made us feel welcome in the Ohio district from the moment we stepped into this district. We love you very much and thank God for your voice. Every time you come, miracles happen. And we believe this is a man of faith, a man of God. Amen. He travels the world, preaching the gospel all over. And we are so honored to have him to come and preach our faith promise, global mission service. Would you welcome Bishop Jim Stark as he comes to preach? We're so blessed to have him here. Amen.
1: God bless you. You may be seated for a moment. It is my honor and privilege to be at the Anchor Church again this year for your faith promise commitment service. Um. I have been asking the Lord for two weeks to give me direction for tonight. And um, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday morning when I was in prayer that God let me know the direction I was supposed to go this evening. And so I feel that I have a word from the Lord. You'll know in a little bit. Um, But God is good. God is so good. I congratulate this church for what brother cody just brought to us you were 19th in the nation in global missions giving last year ohio had three churches in the top 20 last year and i am so excited about that praise god praise god to all of my wife's relatives uncle wimp you and all of the dunlaps and Liggett's and everybody else Uh, I bring you greetings from the family. Um, We had a very interesting thing happen in our family this week. Jimmy got engaged last Monday night. And uh, we are all excited. And uh, so they did contemplate coming with me tonight to celebrate, but um, we announced to the church this morning, and my wife and Heidi got an idea that it would be nice for Aubrey to be there from California to surprise Jimmy. And um, so courtesy of Christine and Heidi and uh, my frequent flyer miles with Delta, uh, Aubrey flew all night, arrived in Columbus at 9.55 9.55 this morning, and when I announced the, when I just, I said, uh, anybody who got engaged since last Sunday, please stand, and Jimmy stood, and I said, well, just join me here on the platform, and while I had him looking at the screen that way, Aubrey walked out behind him, and he had no idea she was anywhere in the, uh, in the state, and so uh, the family's all at home celebrating with Aubrey tonight. And uh, I'm here to preach the gospel. So, uh... <laughs> but we are excited about about that. And I know that this church has been this church family has been very kind to Jimmy for a number of years. And uh, he would want me to give you his warm regards tonight. And you'll get to meet Aubrey. They will. Uh... She's gonna move to Ohio. Hallelujah. Uh... That was the only way that could work, (sighs) Jesus. I love you for your tender care, Jesus. I love you, I'll own you anywhere, Jesus, I love you, because you brought me through, Jesus, I love you. Oh yes I do If you know it sing it with me Jesus I love you Because your name's so sweet Jesus I love you You have made my life complete Jesus I really love you. You're true until the end. Jesus, I love you. You are my best friend. And if that's the way you feel about him tonight, lift your voice, lift your praise, give him honor, give him glory. Jesus, I oh! love you because you brought me through Jesus I love you oh yes I do praise God hallelujah 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 Cody, I'm sure you know, but last Sunday afternoon, your mother in law took our daughter Jamie to prison. Um, They went into the ladies' prison in Marysville, and when they came out, there had been 10 brand new women filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is the day for revival. This is the day for harvest. This is the day for the church. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Some of you are praying for family members and you are frustrated because your prayers have not yet been answered. Last Sunday morning I looked out and there was a couple I'd never seen before And there was another man with them who I'd never seen before. During Guest Connect, I found that the couple had been brought by the woman's brother who had had driven nine hours from Waterloo, Iowa on Saturday, arrived at his sister and brother-in-law's home just north of our church, taught them a Bible study. He had been praying for his sister for nine, for 15 years. And a few weeks ago, God said, it's time now. And so he called her and drove to Columbus, taught she and her husband a Bible study, and they came to church with him the last, last Sunday morning. Now, both of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Both of them were baptized in Jesus' name. And this morning, I've been praying for him all week. We assigned, we assigned one of our ministry team to follow up with him, and he'd been in touch with them, but had really no confirmation from them. But this morning, about five minutes before church, they walked into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know something. If you've been praying for family members, why don't you check with the king? It might just be time now. It might just be time now. And so I would ask you to turn, please. If you're not standing, please stand for the reading of the word, the sixth chapter of John, beginning with verse number one. And thank you, uh, Brother Bounds, for the invitation to be here this evening. I want to thank this church for hosting Trajection a few weeks ago. In my opinion was one of the finest meetings that anyone could go to who is involved in reaching the lost with the gospel. And uh, you opened uh, this lovely facility and hosted that meeting. And on, on behalf of the Ohio District, I want to thank you for making this lovely, lovely house of worship available. And by the way, I really like all the remodeling that you've done. I don't know if you're finished yet, but whatever you do from now on out, I'll like that too. But this this really looks nice. This looks so nice, and I want to congratulate you for the very tasteful and excellent job of remodeling that you've done here at the church. The uh, portico, the steeple, all of the, all the color change, everything. It just looks so nice. This is great. This is really great. Uh, Brother Gurley came up to me during the Friday night service. He said, "Is this a repurposed building?" I said, "Well, yeah, it it really it really is." Said it wasn't built to be a church, but it sure does work out that way real good, doesn't it? Hallelujah! He was so impressed with this facility, He was so impressed. And this is what the Holy Ghost spoke to me this past. I think it was Tuesday morning. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. A great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come to him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? preaching to you tonight from uh, from verse number six and this he said to prove him He was proving Philip he was testing Philip but look at the uh, concluding clause of that sixth verse for he himself knew what he would do and I want to preach to you tonight for the next few minutes Jesus already knows I know that's not profound but just act impressed anyway. Look at your neighbor and tell him Jesus already knows. Jesus already knows what he has purposed to do through Anchor Church for the cause of global evangelism in the the next 12 months. He already knows. We didn't come here tonight to find out what God wants to do. We came here tonight to find out how we can agree with him to accomplish what he has already purposed to accomplish through this church in the next 12 months. That's why we're here. He already knows. He knows what he intent, what he purposes for this church to do corporately. He knows what he purposes for each of us to do individually. And if we will only heed his voice tonight, his will will be accomplished through Anchor Church in the next 12 months because he already knows what he is going to do. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will let your anointing come upon me tonight. Let revelation come into this house. In the name of Jesus, let your word go forth with power, with authority, with revelation, in Jesus' name. Let our hearts be open. Let our spirits be open to receive. And help us, Lord God, to be obedient to your voice. Speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Philip answered him, verse 7, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for, every, for them that every one of them may take just a little. Philip said, now, I'm not really interested in, in feeding them all until they are satiated or to- completely satisfied. I'm not interested in giving them a Thanksgiving dinner, if you will. I just want to give each of them a taste. And if I give each of them a taste, uh, that it, it would take 200 penny worth, which is more than my resources allow To be able to uh, just give each of them a little bit. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here. All of a sudden, Andrew had a flash of inspiration. He had a moment of faith, and then before he could even get it all said, reality set in. There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fish. But forget it. I'm sorry I even brought it up. What are they among so many? There's way more need here than that little boy's lunch could even begin to address. So forgive me. I'm sorry. I spoke out of turn. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on just a minute. Hold on. Uh, Andrew, you might be onto something. There, there might be that, that 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 was that was a God moment. Now, before your logic sets in, before your reality comes in to snuff out the faith that's in your heart. And that's what happens to us sometimes. God begins to move move upon us. God begins to deal with us. And all of a sudden, our faith reaches out and we have a flash of God inspiration. And what the devil would like to do is snuff out your faith by a cold dose of reality. Wait a minute. You don't have near enough. Your resources are inadequate. Your, you, you, you couldn't possibly make a difference. This is just a little church in in, in Zanesville. This is this is southeastern Ohio. Your economy isn't what the economy is in New York City or what the economy is in, 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 in Chicago or, or someplace else. This is this is Ohio. We can't really do that much. I'm here to tell you tonight, you have already heard the voice of the Holy Ghost. And I've just come here to encourage you. You have heard from God. Don't allow reality to snuff out your faith. I can already hear you saying, but we're reaching Muskingum County. We're reaching Coshocton County and Guernsey County, Morgan County, Perry County, uh, Brother Bounds and I were just talking. There are probably a couple more counties you're you're reaching. You're you're, you're reaching about seven counties, isn't that enough? I'm here to tell you tonight. God wants to move farther. God wants to take your little your loaves and your fishes. He wants to do more. The cry of the lost! keeps ringing in my ear. Somebody tell me. Somebody preach to me. Somebody give me the gospel. It was 27 years ago on a Sunday morning. I had just become pastor of Calvary three months earlier and it was the weekend of our installation. It also was the first with the weekend of our first Faith Promise Commitment service. And uh, they had, you know, in those days the pastor was supposed to have the answer to everything. And uh, so somebody had come to me and told me that one of our buses would not pass inspection. And uh, so I was supposed to be the bus provider. And um, Quite frankly, I didn't have any buses. I'd moved from Harrison County. We don't park buses in the yard in Franklin County. They they do that in Harrison County. But we... And uh, so they told me the bus wouldn't wouldn't pass inspection, so I was supposed to fix it. And I was praying about a bus, and I'd found one for $2,500, which would pass inspection. Now, that wasn't too bad a deal in those days. And we were bringing about 40 kids a week on that bus. And so uh, I was praying about that this Sunday morning. I'd just been installed as pastor on Friday night, and we're getting ready to have our first faith promise commitment that day. And I'm talking to God about the fact we need a bus, we need a bus, we need a bus, and... Here we are looking at the world and I'm, I'm acting as if it was all my problem. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me, Brother Bounds, and said, if you'll reach for the world, I'll give you this city. And for 27 years, we've been reaching for the world and we don't have the whole city yet, but I'm not dead yet. And I believe that God's promises are yay and Amen. I'm just foolish enough to believe if we'll take care of God's business, God will take care of our business. So we're reaching about seven counties from the Anchor Church. Just how much does the Lord expect us to do, to, to do for his cause? I'm so glad you asked. All Jesus needs is a little something. If you'll just bring a little something in the way of faith to the table. He's not asking you to be the provider. He's the provider. He's not asking you to provide the answers. He already has the answers. He's not asking you for strategy. He already knows. Pastor, it's not your responsibility to strategize this revival that God's getting ready to unfold in its second iteration here in this in this in this church. He already has strategy and he will reveal it to you in his time. Jesus already knows what he's going to do. All he's looking for tonight is for a few people who will grasp by faith the challenge of his word and say, I will provide faith and I will make what I have available. The voice of the Lord came to the prophet, said, go down to the, to the brook. I'll cause the ravens to feed you. Now, maybe that doesn't sound like such a good idea to you, but trust me, being fed by ravens would be a whole lot easier for a man's ego in that, in that, uh, in, in that, that culture than to be fed by a widow woman. But the next stop was go to Zarephath. And I have, a wi- I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee, and now you have to go and deliver the news uh, that she has a command from God to feed you. And so he went, get me a drink of water. She started to go. He said, get me something to eat. She said, wait a minute, that's where we draw the line. So first he asked her to do something she could do. And then he asked her to do something that appeared to her to be completely beyond what she could do. And maybe God has come here tonight and you've, you've agreed to do what you can do and now he's gonna ask you to do something that appears to you to be absolutely impossible. Well, God, all I have is enough oil and enough meal to make a cake and then my son and I are gonna eat it and then we're gonna die. But wait a minute, if you'll just do what thus saith the Lord, if you'll just heed the voice of the word of God, God will sustain you through whatever comes between now and when rain comes upon the earth. And so when Andrew said, there's a lad here, he was acknowledging that there was potential to meet the need with what was in that little boy's lunch. And then reality slapped him. He said, but I'm sorry. I spoke out of turn. What are they among so many? How many times have we stopped within a hair's breadth of a miracle to argue that We weren't really prepared for that miracle right now. I want you to understand something. Jesus already knows what he's going to do through Anchor in the coming 12 months. All he needs you to do is be willing to say yes when he tells you what your portion of that is. You're not the first one to have a faith-doubt collision in your brain. Faith and doubt have been colliding for generations. The important thing is what are you gonna do? Are you gonna walk away from the collision with your faith intact and say it doesn't make any difference what my, what, my physical, what my natural perception says. I am gonna believe by faith that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask and more than I can think according to the power that works in me. Too many times we give mouth to mouth resuscitation to our doubts and we let our faith die in the ditch for lack of comfort. Simon Peter had a faith doubt collision when he called out of the boat that night. Left a perfectly good boat to walk on water that was not exactly designed for walking. Got away from the boat and he said, Lord, save me. Yeah. There must be something wrong with my faith, God. I'm having a, I'm having a problem with my doubts right now. Maybe, maybe that faith business works for other people, but it doesn't work for me. I'm here to tell you tonight Jesus Christ is no respecter of persons. The Bible says to each man was measured the measure of faith. Every one of us got the same measure of faith. It's what you do with it after you get it that decides how strong it is and how operable it is in the circumstance in which you find yourself. So here's Simon. He sees the wind, the waves boisterous. He says, I'm just a reject. I'm not up to par. I guess John the Beloved should have been the one to crawl out here. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. Everybody else is more qualified than I am. Everyone else can get the job done better than I can. I'm here to tell you tonight... The Lord is looking for you and he needs you to become convinced of what he can do through you. And if you will be convinced that he can work through you for his glory, there is nothing that is too hard for our God. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Sometimes we go out to do battle with the demons of doubt and fear and distrust we bend end up bringing them home for pie and coffee. <laughs> and we say to our doubts, here, you can sleep on the couch. <laughs> uh, and then we explain why our situation is so unique that God will not intervene in our behalf, but he'll do it for everybody else. I want you to hear me tonight you precious saints of God you are not the exception to every rule in the book God will make a way for you where there seemeth to be no way and so Jesus said make the men sit down There was much grass in that place, so the men sat down and numbered about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down. Oh, listen to this. When the loaves were in his hand, he could have been the master of the, of the moment. He could have started passing out bread and fish to everybody, but that's not his way. That's not how he works. His principles don't change. Sometimes the methods change, but his principles never change. He blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them, and let it flow through their hands. I'm telling you, the miracle is in your hand. The miracle is in your hand. If you will just put what you have in his hands... He'll bless it. He'll break it. He'll multiply it. And then he'll give it back to you so you can feed the multitude. He will allow miracles to flow through your hands, which is why the Bible says, And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. and verse 12 when they were filled when all those 5,000 men were filled now I'm calculating let's say every one of those men had a wife and every man needs a wife he which findeth the wife findeth a good thing so every man needs a wife let's say each one of those couples had 2.5 children I mean, you're up to about 25,000 hungry people there at that point. And then he's still working with that little boy's lunch and he sends them out after they were filled. Now, Philip was just going to give each one of them a taste. Philip was just going to pass the communion around and say, "Take, take just a little crumb. And Jesus said, no, it's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want them to be filled. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up of the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets of the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. I don't know why there were 12 baskets, 12 tribes of Israel, okay? 12 foundations of the city, okay? But check this out. Maybe each one of those disciples got to take a basket home to remind them the next time their doubt rose up to steal their faith and say, oh, no, 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 no. Let me stick my head in that empty basket because I just want to smell what what fish and bread smells like and I'll remember one day when all we had was a little boy's lunch and at least 5,000 people maybe closer to 20,000 or 25,000 people ate from that one boy's lunch and if he did it once he'll do it again if he did it once he'll do it again if he did it once he'll do it again yesterday morning when I was praying, the Lord reminded me of something, and I've asked your pastor to come and tell you the story. There may be some people here who don't know the whole story about how this church happens to support a missionary in Guatemala, but I want your pastor to, I want your pastor to come and, and just recount the highlights of that for you, because I believe I believe that God has already purposed what he's going to do through this church and he did it one time when a man walked in here and God turned him from, a, from whatever he was into a missionary. Brother Bounds, would you come?
0: I'll never forget the moment. I'll never forget the moment that I was in our uh, annual planning session meeting. We were at... Uh, the Eagle Sticks dining hall, dining area, banquet hall. And uh, as I was talking about the year that was to come, I'll never forget that the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. The gifts of the Spirit began to operate. I turned around and I prophesied to Noe. And I said, "But Noe, I said, in six months you will be in Guatemala as a missionary. Uh, of course, we rejoiced. We didn't know how that would ever happen. It was just following what God saw, and speaking those things that were not as though they are. And sure enough, the hand of the Lord worked hand in hand and made that possible. And uh, I'm not sure how many years that's been now. I think it has been uh, seven years that they have been full-time missionaries in Guatemala out of this church. Isn't Isn't that amazing? Amen. And for those that do not know, Brother Noe's testimony is that he was a crack cocaine addict in this town for 22 years and by an invitation of someone from the church he came in the preacher pointed in the direction he was and told him what he was doing that night this room was filled with people he didn't point him out individually but he just pointed in the direction he Said the last night, and he said and God knows where I'm at he said I went to every church around he said but I didn't get delivered but when I came here this is what he said he said when I came here he said I repented of my sins amen and God instantly delivered me from crack cocaine addiction isn't that powerful Amen, amen. He's a deliverer. Amen. Baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Three and a half years was being discipled. And it wasn't Brother Mark Mealy. it wasn't the first time that he wanted to go back to Guatemala. But when uh, Bishop Mark Morgan spoke on the four dimensions of harvest, and he talked about that God had called this church. Twofold, to be a giving church. Sister Jackie, do you remember that? And a sending church. A giving church and a sending church. And when he got finished preaching about the harvest, he prophesied of this church. He said, God is gonna give you the world. That's what he said. And uh, Eli Hernandez, a prophet of the Lord, walked in this church. He said, the Lord had a plan for this church, a double portion, but God is going to uh, give it a triple. And that's out of that. The mindset of the church was we went instead of just in the region, God allowed us to sing globally. Amen. God knew what he was going to do before Brother Noah ever made it into the building. How many believe that? God knew what he was going to do. You see, somewhere when Noe was in Guatemala at 17 and it took him about 21 days to get to the United States, he had written inside of his jeans a phone number of a contact and came to this country illegally and uh, of a contact to come here to find opportunity, to find uh, uh, finances. And, and, uh, but when he got here, he found a crack cocaine addiction. See, no, he thought he was coming to the US for opportunity, but I believe God saw that boy in the jungle. I believe when he was a little boy, he was in the jungle. God said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna direct his steps to this little town in the US. It's gonna be in Zanesville. He's gonna know what it's like to be delivered so he can come back to the country he was born in to bring the gospel to all of those drug cartel and drug dealers, come on, the atheists and those unbelievers, and tell them, I have found a God that can set you free. Can you shout hallelujah? And I'm glad to tell you that there are 15 churches now in the jungle of Guatemala where there were no churches, no apostolic churches. One-third of the country, there were no churches. But now there are 15 churches. Amen. Had a major breakthrough. How many remember the story where Brother Noe and Brother Mark went there? Brother Melick, come and stand with me just for a moment. And uh, Brother Brother Melick went with him. Do you remember when that drug cartel, uh, the, the what, what do you call it, the, uh, the kingpin—I guess you would call it—he was over that whole area. Very, very wealthy man, very powerful man. They controlled politics. They controlled the region. You would have seen in international news all of the all of the beheadings—twenty-seven at a time, nine at a time. They would walk up to a farmer, said, "We want you. To, we want to buy your property." If He said no. They would just take them all out. That's how evil it was. And Brother Noy was there. With Brother Meelik. You remember they were standing there and they had machine guns guarding this guy. Well, I, I wouldn't have eaten in that restaurant. I think if I went in, there was a guy, they were guarding machine guns. I think I'd go on down the road and get a taco somewhere else. Can I get a witness from somebody? But the Lord revealed to Brother Noe, did he not? And he said, One of these days, that man's gonna be in the church. Amen. I'm glad to tell you that last year, There was a huge breakthrough. God sent in the military. It drove the cartel out. And this year in San Benito, I believe it is. Is that San Benito? We had a crusade of hundreds that were healed. Hundreds that were filled with the Holy Ghost. He owns a narco farm. Is that what they call it? A narco farm, narcotics farm of some sort. He sent word. This man said, go get that preacher and bring him here. When he came there, he said, I want you to build a church on my farm. I have seen a change in these people. It's that same guy. I come to tell you, God knows. Before you ever take a step, God knows about it. I will tell you what I hear from the preacher tonight is he's gonna do it again. I said God's gonna do it again. There's another miracle about to happen. There's another miracle about to take place in this city. Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, I think there ought to be a rejoicing right now. There ought to be a shouting. God said I have a plan. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: Yes, 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 yes. And this Wednesday morning when I was in prayer, God said, I want to do it again. You already spoke what the Holy Ghost spoke to me in my in my house in Columbus when I was praying this last Wednesday morning. Now, saints, I didn't come here tonight to persuade you. I just came here tonight to help you hear from the Holy Ghost. Would you get out that? You you may be seated. Would you get out that commitment card? It's now time for us to, what did I do with my? Faith promise is scriptural. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it's written on the inside of your faith promise commitment card. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. One translation says, A hilarious giver is the kind God prizes. Jesus said, Luke 6, 38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men heap into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And I gave you an example last year of the measure. You know, a measure could be a thimble full. A measure could be a cup full. A measure could be a gallon bucket. A measure could be a five-gallon bucket. But with the same measure you use, whatever measure you choose to use, that's the measure God is bound to use. For with the same measure ye meet with all, or you measure with all, it shall be measured to you again. And so there are three, there are three parts of your faith promise commitment. First of all is the stewardship part. We give because Jesus said give. Well, that was a little weak, but it's true anyway. We give because Jesus said give. If there had been nothing about the measure part in there, or nothing about the promise of blessing, we'd just be—it would be incumbent upon us to obey the the word of the Lord. And. Uh, we give proportionately. Second Corinthians 9, 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully, shall reap also bountifully. And so we give, we have a stewardship portion. You just give because Jesus said give and sow out of your budget. I know for all the sanguines, budget's a bad word, but for for us melancholies, we love budgets. That way, you know, we we spend every dollar on paper, and we tell it where it's going to go. Works a whole lot better because if you don't tell it on paper where it's going to go, it's just hard. It's hard to tell where it's going to go. I can tell already. Some of you are thinking, I'm not sure I like this preaching. <laughs> So we give because we're commanded to give and so in our budget we just we said this much I'm going to use to reach the world with the gospel. And then uh, is the sacrifice portion. David was standing between God and Israel. He numbered Israel when he wasn't supposed to and now the hand of God was against Israel to judge them and David was at the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite and he said, I need to offer sacrifice to the Lord and he went to Aruna and he said, let me buy this threshing floor from you and let me buy the oxen and let me buy the instruments of the oxen and Aruna said, no, I'll give it to you, David said, no, no, you don't understand, this is for God and I cannot offer to God something that did not cost me something. And so to our stewardship portion, we add the measure of sacrifice. And we say, I will forego this, and you decide what it is. But on a monthly basis, I will sacrifice this amount in order that I can help the gospel be spread People can hear the gospel because, remember, the Lord already knows what he wants to do through this church. He's not waiting until he tallies our commitments tonight to see what he can do. He already knows what he is going to do, and he wants to see if we will meet his expectation for us. And then the final measure of faith promise is, of course, the faith portion. And uh, recently we received a commitment in the church in Columbus and there was a family there made a, they, they felt they heard from God and they stepped way, 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 way into sacrifice and then they stepped way, 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 way into faith beyond that. Because they knew what they felt in their heart God wanted to do through them. And for several months they kept their commitment and then, the uh, the lady of the house was their their children are grown and she has a job now and that was their choice that she would wait until their children were grown then she'd get a job and so she had applied at Ohio State University over twenty times and had not been had not been hired and she heard the pastor preach a message again, again, again. And so she applied one more time, and they notified her that she had received a position, and when she went for the final interview uh, Her increase is exactly the amount of the faith portion that they had made a commitment for several weeks or months earlier. I want you to know God already knows what he wants to do. He already knows what he's going to do in your life tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. He already knows what he's going to do. All we need to do now is hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. And so I want us to pray. I, uh, I do faith promise services. I don't know. I've done thousands of them, I guess. And I do not have a canned faith promise service. I don't just pull one out. I ask God to give me direction. And that's how I happen to be here tonight. And I feel so comfortable in the, in the will of God. God knew he saw Brother Noe before he ever came into this country illegally. And you may have looked at the crack addict and you thought, what in the world they ever let him in for? He was on a mission. He just needed to find this church. And God already knows what he's going to do. There are people out there and all they need to do is find us. And God knows what they're going to do after they find us and find him. And that's why we need to be very, very careful to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost tonight. And so um, there is stewardship. That's just we obey and we, we give. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and that's why this church is reaching into six or seven counties right now because we are going into all the world but there's a limit to how far this congregation can reach from this from this area because of of cultural barriers and language barriers and geographic barriers and and political boundaries. But when you give to the cause of global missions, you cannot go maybe personally, but you can make it possible for somebody else to go who God has called. I sat down and did some calculation a few years ago God's been so good to our church in Columbus. We've been reaching for the world for 27 years. And it amazed me to find out the sun never sets on Calvary's ministry around the globe because of the missionaries that we have been able to send into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. Just a little church in Columbus. And God's been able God has allowed us I got a I got a a text or something I guess it was a text last week. Uh, one of my wife's nephews is pastoring a church in Seoul Korea and so last Sunday morning before we ever got up for church we'd already baptized one in Jesus name in Korea. <laughs> Hallelujah. so who knows what's happened today through the anchor church that you won't hear about for a long time maybe some some of it you won't hear about until the rapture takes place and somebody will walk up to you on a golden street so i want to thank you i want to thank you for hearing the voice of the lord because of what the anchor church did i was able to hear the gospel Oh, yeah, God sent you here, Brother Bounds, and you've heard the voice of the Holy Ghost, but God is sending this church literally around the world, and part of it is what's going to happen here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel such a witness of the Holy Ghost. So um, here's what I tell the folks at home it's usually not appropriate to talk in church but if I were you husbands and wives you probably ought to communicate a little bit about this children unless you are gainfully employed that is you have your own job maybe you want to talk to your parents about this so we're all gonna to stand together and I want brother Bounds to come and pray for us I want him to pray that the Holy Ghost will talk to us right now. And then after he's finished praying, I want you to confer with whoever you need to and start to fill this out. And the most important number that you're going to put down here, you can, you can do this however you want, but you're looking for a monthly commitment number, right? So you can pay it every week if you want, but at least on a monthly basis, you're going to bring whatever that amount is. Okay? the Bounds, would you come and pray?
0: Amen. We believe that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We've been taught, it's culture in our church, to believe that God can speak to us about our future, financial future. He preached it so powerfully tonight, God already knows. I've seen over and over again uh, people that God spoke a number and a week later somebody walk up and have an envelope in their hand and uh, they say before I open that envelope you have for me I know what's in that envelope there's a hundred bucks in that envelope isn't there they say, well how do you know he said because God told me every month he was going to give me that amount to give to missions how I many know God knows and when you pray you're going to receive a number Cindy and I stepped out in faith every year to give the faith promise never regretted a moment of it but we step out in faith what we felt was extravagant I'll never forget one year honey that we went to get our taxes done and, a, and the lady said well we almost missed a deadline but I see this clause that they've done something here that you lived outside the city and, uh, and you've been paying city taxes. She said, they're going to go all those years back you paid and they're going to give it all back to you. But you've only missed it. You've almost missed the deadline by like a few days. I said, I started crying. I said, I'm going to tell you why. That God's allowed this because my wife and I give to Global Missions. How many believe God makes a way He's going to do it again Sister Jackie I believe you're a gate for this service I want you to lift your hands I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now God's going to operate through you Go ahead speak that <laughs> lift your hands and let the Lord speak to your number that number God gives you is going to be of the Lord Lord we pray right now in the name of Jesus Sister Jackie just prayed that you would speak to our minds our spirit and our families what you would have us to give every month for global missions we give it Lord joyfully we give it God Downtifully. Come on, the Lord's speaking all of this room. I want you to get that piece of paper God is speaking right now. Here's what I want you to do. You can set, you can write on there, put your name, put the amount that God gave you for a month. Some of you right now are saying, I can't believe this is the number I'm supposed to give, but by faith, in sacrifice, God's gonna make a way. You watch and see. All you young people. You skip one middle of week and give that lunch money but God's given you some numbers. Don't worry how. You can make sacrifice for it. The Lord will bless you for it. I want every one of you teenagers to give tonight. Let there be an amen. You can say it if you need to cross the aisle, wherever your family is. Young people, you want to go back to your parents and whatever you can, but let's take a moment in the reference. Hallelujah. Brother Nutter, Ben Nutter, if you'll come. For the nutter, bend nutter. If you'll come, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We're gonna worship together. Amen. You couples, grab hands and pray and let believe God gonna speak to you. The Lord is moving right now. When He gives you that number, you're gonna march to this altar and you're gonna lay that on this altar as an offering to the Lord. You're gonna bring that offering to God tonight. You're gonna place them in these baskets. Amen. I feel the Lord calling. After the Lord drawing, I really do. Hallelujah. You're gonna come and place them in the baskets if you will. Come on, that's it. When you I want you to come worshiping, don't just mark back to your seat. I want you to say, Thank God that the gospel's being sent around the world from here in Zanesville.